We have some breaking news just uh, happened about an hour or so ago. Police uh, reported that there was an incident. They were responding to an incident near the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. It turned out uh, to be one hammer wielding person. Looks like he was some sort of ideological extremist who tried to attack a police officer with, officer with that hammer. The police officer shot him. He is wounded but not dead and now in custody. And it looks like Fortunately, the incident is over. But as soon as one of these things pop up, you see, oh, breaking news, police are responding, something could be terrorism anywhere in the world, especially in the West. Um, you got to believe there's some sort of terrorist activity that's, you know, yeah. the basis of it. We had a bunch of them just recently, especially since the start of Ramadan. So There was a, there was a man who <clears throat> tweeted out, he said um, he and his family were stuck in the Notre Dame Cathedral, and he said, we're, we're kind of uneasy here because we were in London for those attacks just oh, wow. a couple days ago. So they, they have been <clears throat> at the scene. Did he say where he's going next? Because you might want to avoid that area, <laughs> <No>. right? <laughs> That's, Steer wow. clear of this dude. <laughs> his last name Griswold? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Clark W. Griswold. <laughs> Wow, this stuff is just uh, crazy. I've been to the um, the cathedral there too. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, they have the big courtyard area out there, whatever. But I've inside, I've been to Europe, but now <laughs> yeah. I'm really hesitant. I really, really want to go to Europe. But that that had to be. A, I mean, any place you're there is going to be scary. But you're in a foreign country. I mean, right. even if it's Europe or whatever, and you're an American, you're like, okay, I'm kind of out of my element here. And then that cathedral is not huge, and it's dimly lit. So you're, and I mean, a lot of candles lit or whatever, so they're crowding you in here, and you're like, terror attack has got to be extra scary being oh. in that location. Um, you're, uh, Paris is still under their terror watch mm -hmm. from the 2015, November 2015 yeah. Paris attack, and we've had several, we've had Nice since then, before that you had the other Paris attack, the Charlie Hebdo, mm -hmm. but whenever I look back at these numbers, the number of people killed during these terrorist attacks or wounded, always shocked me. The November 2015 Paris attack where it was at the club and there were multiple locations. How many people died? 130. Wow. Wow. That's stunning to me when I look back. Even though we were there, in fact, we, we were on the air broadcasting about it. I just forgot how many people were killed. We mm -hmm. talked yesterday, last uh, Ramadan, there was one attack that was 300 killed yeah, I think in, so. in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And a total throughout Ramadan last year, 400 killed. So I was talking with Mike Opelka, Jeez, who's going to be lot. up uh, on the Blaze Radio immediately following us, um, that he's been tracking some of the smaller ones mm -hmm. this year. And there are multiple incidents around the during world. During Ramadan or just over the whole year? <clears throat> right now, during, okay. during Ramadan, just the last few days, yeah. that are not getting the press because it's like one person killed. Right. One smaller incident. In, and there's a couple in Australia, whatever. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. and... You're not hearing about them because they're not on the grand scale. 
just become a, <clears throat> sadly it's become like an everyday thing or close to everyday thing. It's uh, horrifying. Yeah, and I mean, I it almost becomes. Um, I don't know, kind of background noise when you talk about it. It's just, oh, another so many killed, another so many killed. Right. But if you don't talk about it, it's certainly not going to get the attention it deserves. So I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I think you talk about it and you try to talk about the individuals that are hurt. And remember, it's not just Christians. In fact, no. something like 90% of the people killed by terrorists, Muslim extremists other are Muslims. other Muslims. Yeah. And not the extremists, the average person in the world just trying to live their life. Uh, you know, feed their family, figure out what's going on. Don't and you think that's tech. the majority of <clears throat> everyone? Just You've got a world full of average people just wanting to live their lives, go about their daily life, and their own business. 10% muck it up yes. for the whole rest of us, right? Yes. Look at around here. And it doesn't matter what. Oh, the... I'm being serious. Look at around here. This is mainly really good people. Yes. Maybe not 10%. It's probably like 5% of real goofs around here. I'm serious. There are. You don't have to say it. I know you're thinking it too. I'm just one of the ones that'll actually say it. There are. There's a couple of goofs around here, and they know who they are, and they know I know who they are. I mean, it's true. And somewhere in another office, someone's like, you know, if it wasn't for Doc, Tom, <laughs> yeah, really, exactly. really great. Place cool place he knows work. who he is, and he knows we know who he is. <laughs> exactly. They know. It's it's like that. Sometimes it's just communication breakdown. Sometimes personalities you just don't get along or whatever. And there are some people that are just control nuts. That's what the dictators are throughout history. Yeah. They're flawed people who say, "I'm going to make myself feel better by treating people a certain way." Oh, and I also got a bunch of power. I mean, what a great combination. <clears throat> Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Well, and uh, speaking of the terror attack, though, and people around the world, certainly in the Middle East, that are fed up with it, Qatar over the weekend, Cal, I'm not saying it right. Qatar. What's that? Qatar. 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 I mean, if you want to get it right, it's Qatar. Like Qatar. 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 Okay. Qatar. Qatar, apparently, big problem. Um, they're big sponsors of terrorism or indirectly sponsor terrorism. Is that the way you'd say it? I'd say that, yeah. They've kind of been known uh, in the Middle Eastern region to be like, Indirectly, or even sometimes directly, just sponsoring. Uh, you know, they they fund a lot of the terrorists like ISIS and Al Qaeda and the Muslim Brotherhood, and even their their state funded news organization Al Jazeera is not exactly clean and all that, right? Well, they're clean, yeah. So um, I think they've uh, it happened over the weekend where um, majority of the majority of the nations in in the Middle East, the Gulf area, so Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, part of Libya, uh, part of Libya, um, have all basically cut ties. They've they've told all their citizens in these countries to come back, and they've told any citizen of Qatari origin to leave. They have uh, I think like two weeks. They told all the diplomats to get leave as well wow. because they've tried and tried to kind of get cut out, uh, straighten up. And so help us explain what this was like prior to this weekend, where they said, "Okay, Qatar, you're trouble. We're distancing." ourselves your people get out our people are getting out of your country as a group of other you know Middle Eastern countries saying this what what have they been doing the last five years 15 years with Qatar well um, I know personally speaking uh, from so when I talk to family back home in Egypt um, you know they get terrorist attacks on a pretty regular basis bombings and attackings and sometimes small ones sometimes <laughs> yeah, big so but small, I mean okay. sometimes big, yeah so and uh, a lot of it is refugees and stuff coming from different areas and a lot of it has been traced back to Qatar with their funding and uh, with their kind of sponsored ideology of this type of thing. So it took them a while to figure some of it out. Okay, here's mm -hmm. who it's traced back to. More and more proof. Now they got the proof. I imagine for a few years they're like, hey, knock it off. Yeah. What are we going to do? Right. But now they're finally at the point where they have now said like, collectively, a group of them, yeah, that's stuff's it. We're going cutting down. Ties. They're not letting Qatari <laughs> Airlines fly through their airspace or land at their airports. 
Um, and it's a strategic location for people traveling, right? Yeah, for people traveling through the uh, through the Gulf Coast area. Oh, and the UAE too, the the Dubai United Arab United Emirates. Emirates. Um, they're also in part of this group. Um, it is a stop in the area, especially for a lot of business travelers. And one big question I have is that the U.S. has a major base there, over ten thousand soldiers in Qatar. So it's kind of a question of uh, so are we going to follow suit and maybe put the hammer down or... or okay, see, this is what's Trump, really like, weird. Uh, so over the years, the U.S. has known this too, certainly with the Muslim Brotherhood, um, and if these other Middle Eastern countries know this as well, and we've known about Al Jazeera, not just... Okay, Al Jazeera. Yeah, it's propagandist. We know that. Propaganda, that's, that's mm -hmm. who they are, propagandist. But we've also speculated, I think, with a certain degree of accuracy, that they're also loosely tied to the terrorists. Mm -hmm. I mean, really? They always have the videos... What is it? Just crazy. show up. Just just show That's up by carrier fridge. Yeah, they <laughs> they get to work in the morning. You're like, oh, we got another video in. Really? Oh, randomly emailed. Come on, they're connected with this right. stuff. They know this. So we've known that we have the base there. We've tried to play nice. Why hasn't the U.S. done more with Qatar? I guess they're trying to build but that relationships. that goes back to a bigger issue. <clears throat> I was just talking with um, some people about this this morning. All the way back to 9/11 and pre. Well, yeah, uh, my kids are growing up in a war era, but they wouldn't necessarily know that. You know, World War One, mm -hmm. World War Two. They, they started, they stopped, it was brutal right. in the meantime, but everyone knew they were at war, and it was very definitive, and they had a definitive ending. Right. And we are just, for 16 years... Well, and these are different types almost. of wars, too, because we're not at war with Egypt, or Qatar, or Syria, or we're not at or any of them. We're... We, the, Iraqi war, the Afghanistan war, war with the country, we were extremists, terrorists, but it's not rebels. Ended. Nothing is right, ended. and well, that's part of the problem. Is conventional war, you would have countries sign a truce then, or right. an armistice, or whatever it is, and reach some sort of agreement. You can't because these are individuals, and that's been part of the problem. But back to the base, so they got together. Egypt, UAE, all these others got together right after Trump was done visiting all of them. So is it possible Trump went over and said, okay, here's what's going on, and he met with Saudi Arabia too. Guys, you've got to do this. This is what I'm hoping happened. You've got to get together and stand together against Qatar and the terrorism that they are funding directly or indirectly. And then I, President Trump, can say, Qatar, fall in line, or now you're standing against the U.S. too. We're taking our base out of there, and you're going to, be at, you're going to have no friends left. If Trump had done that first and said, Qatar, you're not tremendous, you've got to do something, we're going to take the base out, everybody on the left would have melted down. Hey, how dare you? We've got to, you, what, for did whatever reason. Did he not reason. come out and make a statement about... <clears throat> he did, actually. Uh, I thought yeah. he did. He tweeted he this morning, like maybe like three hours ago, so good to see the Saudi Arabia yes. visit with the king and 50 countries already paying off. They said they would take a hard line on funding extremism, and all reference was pointing to Qatar. Perhaps this will be the beginning of the end to the horror of terrorism. See, that's okay. so it looks like that's what's going on, and I hope it is. Yeah. But you see what I mean? I mean, is is he actually being a good presidential foreign policy president? That seems you would have I would have expected. If you'd asked me a year ago, foreign or domestic policy, where would he do best? I would have said domestic because there's so many clear-cut domestic things. Repealing Obamacare. Yeah, but right? do you remember when he was when he was trying to um, woo Kasich? <clears throat> into uh, joining his camp, mm -hmm. being possibly a VP candidate. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, I'll put you in charge of foreign and domestic affairs. Right, which is everything, <laughs> everything. But it looks like, I mean, 
he's made some pretty solid efforts when it comes to the world stage. That's all right. I mean, I don't agree with the ban. I think it was oddly done. Uh, it's not going to have any teeth. Yeah. I mean, the only thing he got out of the ban is bad press and the wrong ideas and attitudes. Well, I think he's going to get, no matter what, he's, he's always <laughs> yes, going to get bad that's press. that's true, but this was bad press that called him a racist, and they have something they can hang their hat on. We know that's well, not I what the ban is. Well, I think just by having an R next to his name, he's automatically... Yeah, but when, when you start <laughs> banning people, and we know right. it wasn't a Muslim ban, but it's going to be such an easy sell yes. for people, so you don't need any help. But if he did this, and they've put this together, and now you're unifying countries in the Middle East... That's an amazing What's undertaking. Do you know how difficult that is? How many presidents, how many world leaders have tried to he unite parts of the Middle East? He did promise a lot of negotiations in the Middle East. <clears throat> I mean, he may have given them Nebraska in trade, but uh, <laughs> it looks like he's getting it done, you know? So well, that's, uh, Trump's going to, like, seal the peace deal between Israel and Palestine before the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's actually a genius. <clears throat> Could you imagine if he did that? Um, uh, Palestine and Israel are now tremendously at the front They're like this. Other. They're out They're drinking buddy together, buddy. hanging out. Hey, bestie, <laughs> right? Right, taking selfies. Hey, what up? <laughs> right. That would be amazing. Wouldn't that be like the greatest thing just for people on the left to try to tell you how horrible yeah. it is? Yeah. <laughs> They're not really friends. It's fake. It's fake, it's news. fake news. It's fake, it's fake news. news. <laughs> it's not legitimate. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Um, especially after all the diplomacy, so many presidents and Obama, of course, they would spend it on the left. Well, as Obama how much time started did it. John you know. Kerry spend over there as Secretary Countless. of State. Trust I mean, me, that's not going to help time. you at all. John Kerry's no. presence can only hurt whatever it is yes. you're trying to accomplish, unless it's infuriate people or some sort of He's equestrian event. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's, it's the truth. Um, but I hope this is what's happening. I hope that we can now get tough with Qatar then and. Some good things are going to happen. I think it will. Prediction? I, I mean, this is the first, I'm not the first time, but this is a big step that all these other countries have, have banned against them. So I'm hoping, I'm hopeful, yeah. How many times have multiple Middle Eastern countries banded together in things outside of like oil export? I mean, Very rare. I mean, like you said, even like things that. that are in their best interest, mm -hmm. getting together as a group to say economically for the region, mm -hmm. they fight amongst themselves, right? Yeah, there's a lot of discord between the <clears> different areas. <throat> I mean, you've got so many different countries and so many different, you know, cultures, even though they all share uh, mostly the same kind of principles, but still so you've got fighting amongst So you've other. got all of these, and help us understand this, because Cal certainly understands it, what with family mm -hmm. in Egypt. You've got different countries, and those countries are made up of various different um, ideologies based on history, and sometimes cultures, right? Mm -hmm. Full cultures. Well, I mean, and then also different religious cultures within the umbrella of Islam. Yeah. Originally, it was all tribes, you know, that came together and formed these nations. And then after World War II and the British got involved, you know, cutting up the areas and kind of setting boundaries. But for the most part, um, majority are dominantly Sunni Muslim. Um, mm -hmm. The Shia are a smaller uh, percentage and then even smaller than that you've got a couple different other ones and um, for the most part they mm -hmm. pretty much I would say follow the same set of principles and things but explain the difference between Sunni and Shia and Kurds and <clears throat> everybody else well, um, I mean, there's a lot like Kurds and Druze and all these mm -hmm. other ones, but my main principle is being I'm a Sunni Muslim so the Sunnis follow uh, it's kind of like um, and correct me if I'm wrong with Christianity here. Um, uh, after Jesus was, what was the next apostle that was kind of took over, kind pastor, of in a sense? Pastor who led. 
After Jesus' death? After, Peter? Uh, well, Peter. Peter, probably. And Paul. Paul. Peter really uh, toward the <laughs> Jewish nation, and Paul really, really took it into the Gentile. I mean, they both did, but Paul. So, similar also. to that, after uh, Muhammad passed away, um, his closest apostle at the time, his name was Abu Bakr, he took over. But the Shias what was believe. His name? Abu Bakr? Uh, Abu Bakr. Bakr. Let me see okay. it way. Abu Bakr. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Abu Bakr. <laughs> Um, took over uh, and led afterwards. But uh, what the Shia believe was his nephew, Muhammad's nephew, Ali, was supposed to take over. Okay, so, so this would be like there. the division where yeah. some people followed Paul, some people followed <laughs> Peter more right. carefully. Yeah. Okay. And Ali was like assassinated too at a time and it was like kind of horrible death and stuff. So they, the Shia's majority believe that after Muhammad, it would be Ali was the one who was going to take over. And there are some setting principles that are a little bit different from the Sunni there. So the Sunni follow more closely Abu? Yeah. Bakr? Bakr, yeah. Bakr? Well, they follow Muhammad, but... Okay, and then the Shias follow... They believe that Ali was, was supposed okay. to be the next... Uh, gotcha. Uh, okay, so what is that, where does that leave us today? And that's like, How is the among Sunnis today? and Shias, it's like blasphemy. Sunnis look at Shias as like, this is blasphemy, and uh, these, the, the, the radicals are like, wipe them off the earth. Anybody who's not Sunni or doesn't believe what they believe, wipe them off the face of the planet. Wait, 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 I thought, okay, so the... Sunnis are where the more radical come No. Out? No. Well, no, both sides have radicals. Both sides have radicals, but majority of, of Muslims are Sunni, and the ISIS in them follow Sunni principles. Okay. And, they, and when you look at the beliefs and, and the principles, they look at anybody who doesn't follow that same way is, is, a, is blasphemous so and deserves... So you would be blasphemous, even no, though I, you're Sunni. under the Sunni, yeah, you don't I, follow the don't radical follow the, principles. I mean, anything that... It's, it's so hard to... Be able to tell is it, is, what it, is, is it similar to different denominations in Christianity? I mean, but maybe to a more extreme. The, the weird thing too is that <laughs> the majority believe almost the same thing. You know, it's this, and they fight over stupid little things. But so we, most of their Sunnis and Shias, they're pretty much the same. I mean, there's no major like we're just alike except this one big thing over here. It's well, not they, like that. The, the, the Shia believe that basically that uh, that in in, in 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 Islam in general, Muhammad is the prophet and. <laughs> in, in, it's very dear to the Muslims. That's why they get so upset when the cartoons and everything. Sure. Like, and, of course, some of them take a drastic approach to that. But it's very, like, when you insult him, you're insulting a very, very dear person in, in their mm -hmm. hearts. So to say that Muhammad was wrong in any way and that Ali should have taken over is blasphemous. It's like you're questioning what Muhammad Oh, he should have taken gotcha. over for Muhammad. Yeah. Now, like, okay, on the same level. Yeah. Right. Is that what it is? Okay, and I see. So you see it as a any, any affront to Muhammad is, is, is very, very, very uh, offensive. Okay. okay, that actually... Uh, okay, it's so helpful it. having a Muslim around. I know. So it's good. <laughs> we come in handy you're every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that really does help lay the entire thing out or yeah. whatever. Um, okay. So what's the, what's the solution here then? Is it keep putting pressure on the people doing wrong? Is that it? Uh, on the Qatari situation? Yeah, no, I mean the terrorism in general then too. Um, education. Uh, education is, is first and foremost. Do you I think, think more you know? uh, more Muslims like yourself need to be more yeah, vocal? Yeah, and there and... are there are a lot of Muslims who who come out and are vocal about this. Um, maybe not all of them have a platform they can reach a ton of people, but mm -hmm. you know, a, a move like what they're doing now with these countries banding together, that's a that's huge, huge sign. Right. That's a huge step forward. You know, the, the problem is, though, anybody that does speak out, if you were to say, okay, this is what my faith is, this is what I believe, people go, ah, that's what the Quran directs them to do, to lie to you about it. Yeah. So, I mean, which... 
So you've how do you been fight against that? So you just told us this whole thing, and, oh. and Cal and I've had this discussion on the morning radio <laughs> broadcast as well, where it's like, this is not what I believe. This is it. Right. This is whatever. These people are wrong. Or is he just saying that because he's directed to lie no, to no. us? I think you see what I'm saying. That's, that's what they say, though. Human, like the way I was brought up, is do unto others as you would want to do unto yourself. That's just you know, craziness. So, <laughs> crazy. I, I, again, like when I when I hear these things, like oh, it's it, lie to the infidels so you can gain their trust and then kill them. It's just like <laughs> it's like out of a so Doctor Evil what handbook. You're doing. No, I mean uh, it's it's just All ridiculous right. sometimes. Let me get a quick break and we'll come back with more. If you want to follow us on the Twitter and uh, ask us some questions or comment. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at The Blaze Carry, or at Cal79. That's K-A-L-79. Back in a minute with more on the Pat and Stew program. Her name is Reality Lee Winner, no, and I'm not. not making it up. <laughs> In reality, her name is Reality Lee Winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Reality Lee Winner was arrested by the FBI yesterday after an investigation into um, some sort of government leak. You remember the last couple of weeks or so, we had had reports that they had identified at least one person who had leaked a bunch of information about Russia's involvement in the election. Well, they arrested somebody last night. Her name is Reality Lee Winner. She's 25. She works for a company called uh, uh, Pluribus International. Yeah. Corbus International Group. Corporation. Uh, corporation. Yep. And she had a top uh, security clearance. And they do, Pluribus does uh, contract work with the Army, with Central Command, and some other government agencies. I don't know what she specifically did for them, but she had a top security clearance. They said that she got hired in February of this year, and by May, she leaked sensitive information to a news website. And this is how, what we speculate at this point. And she admitted to some of this. What happened? In May, I think it was May 9th, she prints out a piece of paper that has information on Russian hacking, Russian's mm -hmm. involvement in our election. Prints it out, sneaks it out of the secure room, because that stuff, I can't even believe they have printers in there, but I guess in her office maybe you do need to print stuff. It's a secure room. She sneaks it out, then mails it, U.S. mail, or hard mail, snail mail, to this website, and they publish it. So the government, the FBI, the Justice Department is like, wait a minute, there's information at this website. Ho, ho, this is accurate. So they start their investigation. So how do you investigate something like this? They could see that by the, the printing of it that it was a hard copy on the website. Mm -hmm. The website, you know, wasn't a screen grab right. or whatever. They had posted or scanned a hard copy. It had crease marks and everything where she had folded it. Oh my it. gosh. So they go through and they go, let's see who printed this thing out. And there were six people who printed it out. One of them was Reality Lee Winner. So then they go through and they go, let's start investigating the emails, searching the emails of these six people. Yeah. She had had emails, correspondence, with this website. So even though she didn't give it to them, this sensitive information, via the website, or, or excuse me, via email, she had been in contact with the website. She had a link to them. Right. So she had, they had had some sort of relationship. 
And there it is. Well, and then you go onto her social media. That's the important part here. Yeah, her social media. It turns out she was a huge Bernie Sanders support uh, supporter and a big environmentalist. So she's she, been, she's progressive across the board. Your yeah, environmental yes, I huge. I do yeah. have to say, mm -hmm. her nickname for the president is hilarious, Tangerine in Chief. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. I didn't see that. I didn't see I that. I kind of like that one. <laughs> so yeah, but that's the interesting part because she's being already branded by some as a whistleblower. Right. That okay, we've already speculated. That I mean, if she was the first one to go, whoa, wait a minute, uh -huh. Russia's involved in our government somehow, whatever, and nobody knows it. And when I've tried to go to my bosses, they say there's nothing to see here and whatever. And then you get the outs of the American people know that's a whistleblower. Right. If you take information that's already being investigated, that we already have been told about or whatever, and you say, here it is, because you don't like this president, that's something very different. Mm -hmm. That's you with an agenda trying to take down the administration. Absolutely. There's completely different. Edward Snowden didn't do, do this. Edward Snowden was based on spying. The, the government was spying on Americans, and there were programs like PRISM that mm -hmm. we did not know existed. He said, hey, y'all, you're being spied on. Ask about PRISM. Here's the information. And now he may be involved with Russia as well. He may have had other ulterior motives. But those two are very different cats. I would agree. I would agree, because she didn't have any motivation outside of just bringing down right. the president. I mean, did Snowden, did, did he have a bunch of uh, outspoken tweets and comments about being, you know what, I love that Second Amendment, and uh, right on, Ronald Reagan, or anything? No. Did you, uh, did you ever see the documentary, not the Oliver Stone movie on Snowden, but the actual documentary um, with the journalists and... It's Snowden himself, and it's just all these tapes of him um, telling his side of the story. It's really good. It was very good. It was um, Greenwald. Uh, oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, um, actually. And, uh, Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald. And I think he does work at the website that she gave the information oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, think so. I think I saw that, uh, and I don't know if it's his or he's affiliated. I think I saw it on their blog. Is it the legacy, the... I think that's the name of the website, The Legacy. The one that she leaked to? The one that she leaked to, something like that. Uh, so I think it's The Legacy. Here. But if you go there, uh, and I was there this morning, I think I saw Greenwald's name down uh, through, in part of it or whatever. But see, that's the reason this is so important. Because first of all, she's going to be heralded by some people in this country, a lot of people on the left, as a whistleblower and doing something the good. The Intercept, sorry. I'm sorry, what is the it? The Intercept. The Intercept. Mm -hmm. Where do you get The Legacy from? She's going to be heralded so as somebody who did something really, really good. She didn't. She violated the law. And this is information that the FBI and Justice Department had. And we've heard that we some of this. We know it as citizens. We were already going to know parts of it. We already were. I mean, Congress is investigating this. Some of it's already come out. This is not some great shock to us. Right. And, and by the way, I'm somebody who wants all this information. I told, we ought to have virtually everything because if we don't have it as citizens, we can't make good decisions in our government. It's garbage in and garbage out. So I want this information. This is nothing shocking. Did you really think Russia wasn't involved at all? No. I mean, I've just said the whole time, there are certain things that I believe likely happened, like Russia's involvement, but we need proof. I think that it's completely legit. <laughs> the, the, you, the election? <laughs> let's say election. Uh, you had access to information, and you've, it was something that you felt the public needed to know. Would you leak it? Let me think about this. What kind of... Is there money involved? No. And in all likelihood, you'll probably get arrested. But this is, this is information the American public needs to know. 
Is there food involved? I mean, well, now you're getting to the real. <laughs> That's what I because the money I would have just bought food. So right. it was whatever. Um, no, seriously. Yeah, I would absolutely do it if it's legit. If it was, I mean, like this, this is just ideology. Let's say, like, I mean, the she's N just, you know, the Snowden. The NSA, uh, Snowden, if it was serious uh, enough, example. yes, people have to know. And okay. if I was pretty sure I was going to get elect, uh, arrest, arrested, yeah, I probably would. Would you have gone about it the same way that Snowden <clears throat> did? I would have tried to come up with other. I mean, I, I, I would be somebody the whole time I'm going, all right, is there any other way I can do this? Can I avoid being in trouble? Can I get the information out? Can I whatever? Um, so, yeah, I would have tried to do what it differently. What I can't get over is <clears throat> the intelligence involved. My brain wouldn't even know where to begin with what they I mean, that's kind of what he did, though, too. Um, Snowden, is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. He's he was already guy. involved in yeah. Yeah, I like, know. Uh, He's, espionage. I know. Right. I wouldn't know either. How to, I wouldn't know. I, like, I think, I think <laughs> when I think that this girl printed out an actual piece of paper uh -huh. and walked out of the building with it, yeah. right. I find that amazing. Well, that's what uh, Hillary did, right? She cut off the part of the paper that said top secret. Cut, you mean it. like with scissors? Yeah. You mean like wiped it off with a cloth? Like literally cut yeah. the top of the paper mm -hmm. off. Yeah, this stuff happens, and it's not always high-tech. I mean, it's pretty low-tech. I'd know. be a low-tech spy. I mean, uh, I'd be Snowden, super low-tech uh, spy. Snuck it out in a Rubik's Cube, if I'm not mistaken. That Snowden did. Yeah. Put the, he had yeah. like a data yeah, like stick a, uh, or yeah, a flash, like a drive. flash drive or yeah. something, and he put it in a Rubik's Cube. I've heard of those things. So would you two? You're you've got this information that shows something pretty horrible the government's doing. The American people should know you're passionate about it. Not because it's just your ideology about you know, a political issue, but the people ought to know this. Would you put yourself out there knowing you would likely go to jail? Not hers. I don't, I don't think she had a motive Not other hers, than... No. no, forget that situation. Okay, so just forget in... reality. Right, yeah, forget reality, <laughs> Lee Winner. Just if there was something you saw that the government was truly doing something heinous, like spying to a, I mean, a serious level, yeah. and the American people have no idea, would you take the Gosh, information? I would really hate to go to jail, but I think that... I would, I don't know. I think I, I would probably it's, whip it, out. what you're asking is would you stand on principle and put yourself in harm's way? I like to think I would stand I on principle. Would. Um, Cal? Uh, I think uh, I'd make sure my family was, was yeah. taken care of, yeah. taken care of before <laughs> the hand and make sure, set something up, uh, and then probably yes. I'll bet at would. this place you get a lot of people with that same answer. I'm going to yeah. take care of what I have to do, but yeah, then I'm willing to do it. Yeah. Here's the thing, too. Even in her mind, Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Can we Reality do it, winner. Like, crying the whole time? Because I might cry as I'm. Because <laughs> you know you're going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be plenty of time for crying in jail. <laughs> um, in her mind, give her the benefit of the doubt. What, did she think she was doing something noble, just, and right? Probably. I don't, yep, I don't think she was probably just being a. I think she thought that. Yep. But this shows the level of delusion from these people. We know, likely, Russia was involved somehow, leaking DNC information. Okay, great. But did it change the course of the election? That's a huge question. I don't know that it did, even with that information. you got to remember, Hillary Clinton is a, was a, and still remains, a bad candidate. Yes. It should have been... The Democrats should have run away with this. At right. minimum, a questionable candidate. Right. It, yeah. It's I, don't even believe that, I don't even think that's the minimum. I'm giving like so you know people who would uh, I guess centrist people who are not sure. Right. Um, you can at least whether say you believe or not that she's tied with some sort of other you know questionable acts. You have to at least admit the fact that some shady something right. about her yes. the, her act actions her the things you hear about and you know something just 
doesn't sound honest. Yeah, you don't her. even have to go back into her dealings um, with the uh, law firm and Little no. Rock back that far. You don't have to Secretary of State with Benghazi. Throw mm -hmm. all that out. Just look at the Clinton Foundation. Right. I mean, it's an abomination. Hey, they, they bought took, a beautiful wedding dress. For they them. did, and a lot of uh, <laughs> plane tickets. Unfortunately, people in Haiti are still starving and have nowhere to live. But they, they, they got rich in situations like that and used that fund off the backs of the Haitians. Right. Saying, we're going to help them. So every night Hillary goes to her, you know, cushy little uh, house in New York and drinks another bottle of wine and whatever they're doing, the Haitians are still starving. And that's what the Clinton Foundation was set up to do, to help people in particular, the Haitians. So this is how heinous she is. So how do you then say, okay, um, if the Russians hadn't been involved, then Hillary would be president. Number one, even if she had, um, she's, she's going to be okay for that stuff? Come on. Right. So... You, reality Lee Winner has to step up and go, wait a minute here. Um, even if they were involved, did they change the election? Even if it did, it would have been Hillary? That's your solution? Everything would have been okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many fails there. They just hate Donald Trump so much right now. Why is that? What's the delusion? With Donald With Trump. Trump? Yeah, what is it? Because he's not politically correct? That has to be it. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't know. There is a visceral Is it just that he's the Republican candidate? What is it? Well, I think something it, about him just gives off. Well, he's very well, yeah, He's not likable. He's not like spongy. He's not likable. He's not, he doesn't even try to be likable. He's not, I mean, your typical politician, even, I mean, I wasn't a fan of Obama, but I have to admit the guy's charming. He's very, you know, yeah, good looking, charming. Call it an act, call, not even, not even good looking, just at least his attempt to be charming is there, you know, when he speaks, when, when, he, when he's out there in public. And I don't agree with his politics, but at least that part of it is appealing in a sense. Have you seen sure. the... Trump, uh, on the other hand, just doesn't even care. Ha, have try. you seen the, the pictures of the, pre like, the official presidential pictures mm -hmm. um, side by side of, of uh, Clinton, W. Bush, Obama, and Trump? It is hilarious. Uh, Clinton, Bush, and, and Obama are all smiling, like, look like decent guys, you know, and, and Trump is scowling. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. I'll try to find a picture of that. All right. See if we can do that. To get a quick break and back with more on the Pat and Stu program. Doc, Kerry, and what's your name? Cal. Uh, Cal, yeah. Wait, name tag says, yes, Cal. All right, so President Trump is in a uh, battle of, I was going to say words, but I'm not even sure they're full words, but a Twitter battle with the mayor of London, Shaka Khan. He uh, is the, uh, um, excuse me, no, that's Sadiq Khan. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I yeah. thought after the successful music run in Shaka the 80s, Shaka I was Khan like, is not wow, the mayor of London. <laughs> okay, so we know that, so let me write this down. One is a Jamaican not reggae not star, the... and the other one is Oh, okay, a okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense then. I'm glad you told me that. I wish you'd told me that like 10 minutes ago. So they are in this Twitter battle that actually goes back to the uh, Trump election when they had had words back then when Khan had basically said unflattering things about Trump and then the Twitter or the um, travel ban, as some have called it. So now it just continues, and Trump's just not letting this guy go. He's been critical of, critical of his performance as mayor, certainly with regard to the Why terror attacks. Why is Trump engaging, though? I mean, 
But that's what he always does. It drives me bonkers. You have to be the adult at some point. I agree. If you're a president. Although Khan's a pretty big dirtbag, though, too, with this thing. So I, I'm, this is one I'm, I'm kind of liking it a little bit. It's not right. Um, you're engaged with the mayor of London. I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. But Khan, you can clear, uh, see clearly has uh, higher aspirations. Right. Uh, in fact, telling Trump uh, that he shouldn't make his official state visit because he right. doesn't, you know, his ideas are not the same as Londoners. Uh -huh. um, you're the mayor. Right. The prime minister invited the president. You know, I mean. I think, but don't you think it would, it would go a lot further <laughs> to just ignore him? People don't like to be ignored, <laughs> especially if they're power hungry. If you treat them as if they're inconsequential then yeah, it just... I would say that's true. But the, the mayor of London is also pretty wrong in some of this stuff, too. I mean, Trump was wrong. I mean, you're right. It's, he should be beneath the president. You don't have time for this nonsense or whatever. Uh, Trump clearly has an issue from all the way back when he was criticized by Khan. So he's still kind of sticking it to him. I get that. Maybe that's the thing that right. bugs me, that he won't <laughs> let anything go. And he will spend time out of his busy day when he should be doing presidential things and he'll spend time, well, although maybe it's just when he's Kofefeing. Kofefe, so. something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, Khan, he's a progressive. I mean, he's an extremist progressive. That's who he is. So in that regard, I kind of like it too. But um, I don't know if it's going to do any good for anybody else. I don't know if it's actually, it, it'll keep the mayor's name out there and he'll do better because there's a whole lot of progressive Londoners out there yeah. that are probably, oh, he's the best. He took on Trump or whatever. Right. Theresa May, as prime minister, even if you're progressive, you do not have that um, uh, luxury mm -hmm. to diss an American president. You just don't. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to drive a wedge between the countries that you cannot do. You may, you may not have to like him and put your arm around him and, hey, we're old pals. You don't have to do, you know, Reagan and Maggie Thatcher. Right. But you're going to have to play the game a little bit. That's just that's especially a relationship of this magnitude. I mean, right? It's the U.S. and the U.K. It's not like we're no. I don't know. What's the term? The, the special relationship. We have a special relationship. Special relationship. It's like friends with benefits. I think that's what it is. With did with I what? use that wrong, Carrie? Did yes. I get that wrong? I think so. I think that's so. what it is. What a special <laughs> relationship. Um, uh, Khan, not Shaka Khan, but the mayor of London said, when you have a special relationship. It is no different from when you've got a close mate, by the way. That's, well, maybe that is. That's friends to Americans. Yeah. Oh, mate, oh, so not like, Not mate, mate okay. like that, friends, yeah. Okay, he I said, you, you stand right. with them in times of adverse, uh, adversity, but you call them out when they are wrong. There are many things about which Donald Trump is wrong. Here's the thing. I agree with the statement yeah. up to the year of many things about Donald Trump is wrong because there are many things that you are wrong about, Mr. Khan. He is. So is it a pick your battle sort of thing? Could be. But, okay, so we look at Trump as being brashier, yep. right? You don't have the time for this. Yep. And, and wrong in the way he's handling it. And Londoners and Khan see him having some wrong ideas. Well, we can say the exact same things about Khan. Sure, he says it with a British accent. Which is always but, better. Which is always better. Always better. But he's still being a dirtbag here. You, you're really taking the high road by calling him out? Sit down and discuss your well, differences I think, then. I think a big part so of... So if you think Trump is being a dirtbag and wrong the way he's handling it, why are you handling it that way, I Mayor? I think part of what happened is there was a misunderstanding where Trump heard him, heard Khan say something or saw a tweet or something. Khan, this goes and, back to his religion. To, okay. Khan felt 
a long time ago, but all the way back during the election, yeah. that Trump was uh, chastising everybody who's Muslim. Mm -hmm. And he probably was. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way to handle it, certainly, if you're going to call him out later for handling things wrong. You don't handle it by continuous narrative. You can handle it by, by educating. So these are two grown men acting like little boys who have their feelings hurt. Yes, that's exactly right. Again, I go back to someone has to be the adult. I think it's you. I think I it's you. I the adult. Okay, I guess I'm wrong. I guess, <laughs> guess Settle I'm down, you two. Don't make it to come over there. <laughs> if I have to come over there. Wow. I uh, get a quick break in. We'll come back with more on the Pat and Stew program. I didn't see that. I was waiting for During you During the to break, <laughs> I said, hey, Carrie, why don't you go ahead and start? In, yeah, a spirit, but... in a spirit of Wonder Woman that came out this weekend, I was like, hey, you know, I usually leave because that's so what you I wanted do in the morning program. I was... And I was like, hey, you know, I thought about this earlier today as I was running. I was like, you know, Carrie really ought to lead some of this stuff. You used to kind of lead in the programs now and then. So I'll just, hey, Carrie, why don't you do it? What do you want me to do? I said, whatever you want. Talk about this next story about teenagers working. She goes, got it. We're sitting here, and I'm like. Is she going to speak? Okay. So, hey. So he takes five minutes to stop oppressing you, and you don't even say goodbye. I know, exactly. No, you've lost it. Teenagers, they're working or they're not working. Okay, no. It's a start over. Start hey, over. Nobody will see that. We'll Do, cut it all out. Uh, We're going to cut that with, out. Nobody oh, can see that. We're going to cut that. Excellent. Yeah, edit. See that. Edit. Edit. Edit it all out. Uh, with uh, Doc Thompson, myself, and Cal. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. So, okay. So, Doc, is your, you have a teenage son. He's 14, almost 15, right? My son's two and a half. The first one. Oh, the first one. Yes, he's going to be 15. Forget about him already. He'll be Favoritism much? He'll be, he'll be 15 <laughs> in a couple weeks. So, yeah. does he have a summer job lined up? No. Is he a slacker? No, it's just working or uh, knowing me being my son is a full-time job. Okay. Dealing with that, the therapy, the many hours yes. of psychotherapy intense. Yes. Yeah, it's a, that makes uh, No, he's got uh, all kinds Plus of all sporting events. Labor. He's got mm -hmm. uh, some camps and stuff he's doing. I mean, his day is filled. Trust me, his mom does not give him a break. So he's yeah. got... Um, um, academic studies, he's got band this and that, he's got athletic things he has to do, camps, filled the whole time, and then we've got uh, a week, couple weeks where he's gone on vacation with us. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Very good. Yeah, well, it, apparently American teens are not working like they used to. Yeah, if he didn't have that stuff going on, he'd be out there working. It probably will be next year, I want him to. So you're a big proponent of teens Absolutely. need a job, and why, why do you think that? Because I had to have a job, so that means he has to have a job. If I had to <laughs> I suffer, had to you do it. so you have to suffer too. No, I think it's really good. I mean, first of all, you got to be active, and it teaches you life skills that you will not get anywhere else. I've been working since I was 13 in little corner grocery stores or whatever, and restaurants, and, and just nonstop the whole time. And it teaches you life skills so you can, uh, you know, eventually reach great heights like this. Awesome. You can eventually do that. So you know, make make lots of money. <clears throat> yes. Or not Some make lots of money. Some things like all of this, what have you. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's invaluable. And unfortunately, um, we shelter kids and the helicopter parents do all of this stuff up until it's like 18 and then you go to college and they still don't want to let him go. 18 yeah. is not the magic number. It used to be bad enough when it was, it's the magic number. Now you can do whatever you want and you should know this stuff. It should be a slow teaching them to be an adult before they become an adult. Yes, you learn self-sufficiency. There it is. Basic life skills as you grow. And each age, you gain new responsibilities. I remember when our youngest was four and Keith said... Um, that would be her what? husband. Yep, my husband Keith said, what is your job as a four-year-old? And her job was to go to the bathroom before we left the house Good. and to bring a sweater with her. Because she always job? got I could do cold. Those. I could do those. <laughs> So those were her jobs as a four-year-old, <laughs> and even now, if she forgets a sweater, we say, well, what was your job when you were four? Because it doesn't yeah, go away. Yeah, you, that's still your job. Come it's on. It's still You're lucky your job. Child Protective Services doesn't come over <laughs> here. You're right. making your kids work at four. That's right, manual labor jobs, <laughs> whatever, with that sweater carrying. Well, our oldest had to get, when she wanted a cell phone, she had to take the babysitting training. Good. And she needs to... You know, earn so earn. much and do certain things. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I. Um, I think it's really important. How many yeah. kids? How many eighteen-year-olds I have heard who don't know how to cook do a laundry. meal or do laundry? I'm it's like amazing to me. Right, and by uh, as a parent, those things you don't you don't start teaching them at eighteen. You start teaching them at five and every six. Every single one of my kids every does step their up own there. Right. laundry. They make their own <clears throat> breakfast wow. and lunch. I got Absolutely. a two-year-old. It is very important. She's working. She's <laughs> that's what I say. <laughs> I mean, by Can the we change your diaper here. Where does this go? In the garbage. Goes in the garbage. Yeah. Goes in the garbage. Just wait till the baby comes. Then she's going to be doing. Oh, she's definitely going to help. Absolutely. By the, by the time you're 15, 16, you ought to be running your life for the most part, responsible yes. for when your homework is yep. done, and you've got to be at this class. And by the time you start driving, take yourself to these things or whatever. So then a parent gets a couple of years of the kids, for the most part, running their life, with the parent going, "Whoa, hang on, that one's wrong. Yep. Wait a minute, let me clean up this mess." Because there's no safety net at 18. It's on you. You screw up, you get arrested, it's on you. Well, but nowadays, parents, even at 18, someone gets arrested, parents still try to swoop in and, and make things better. That's wrong. And Well, that's part of where, um, like the healthcare now, where kids can be on healthcare. I know several kids who have been married and have babies at the eight, you know, under 26 on their parents' health insurance. It's so bizarre. It's really bizarre to me. I mean, my parents... <laughs> I'm the youngest. I moved out, and it was like, all right, well, good luck. I'm know? the youngest, and <laughs> I was a bit of a troublemaker. It may shock you guys. Right. Shock you, a little bit of a troublemaker. No. And I got in trouble. I was like 15, and my dad, like 15, 16, he just pulls me aside, and I thought he was going to go off, and he goes, it's on you. Huh. And I go, what? He goes, we got like a couple years left. He goes, you keep doing this. You want to screw this up? It's on you. He goes, we got like a couple years left. You're all done. I'm not taking this responsibility. Yep. It's on you. I was like, that's a very oh my Midwestern. Gosh. Oh, yeah. I was like, okay, this is going to be trouble here because it's on me. All I'm going to do is screw this thing up. Doc Thompson along with Carrie we'll right and back. Cal. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Thanks for. I'm going to close it out. Close it out there. <laughs>
welcome back to Pat and Stu. I am here at the Blaze Carry with Doc Thompson Show at Doc Thompson Show. <laughs> it's a great big smile. I'm just starting with. Do your thing. Go ahead. And uh, at Cal seventy nine on the Twitter. On the Twitter. Okay. Could we not call the Twitter? It's just Twitter. You sound really old. It's the Twitter. You? It's not the Twitter. It's the Twitter. It's just Twitter. I like the Twitter. I know you do, Grandpa, but it's I just Twitter. I think you need to add an S. That's what you do the with Twitters? all the stores, like the, the Krogers, the okay. Walmarts. I'm going to the Twitters. The Publixes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That okay, works. so last hour we were just talking about teens and whether or not um, they should have jobs and how really it kind of warped into how kind of structured and in insufficient, self-sufficiency, lacking. A lack, a lack of self-sufficiency. Yeah, you got it. A lack of self-sufficiency <laughs> that they have. And uh, I, I find it really fascinating how uh, micromanaged kids' lives are now, but also how micromanaged kids' lives are. Oh, yep, there we go. How micromanaged kids' lives are uh, as far as parents go. So we're totally good with parents having a lot of control, a lot of say over what happens with kids. But then we also have this arm of the government coming in and swooping in with the micromanaging um, of how you're managing your children, right? So we've got a lot of CPS uh, issues that come out. Um, I remember a couple What's years CPS? ago. Child Protective Services. Oh, okay. A couple years ago when a 14-year-old... people that are at House Tuesday. <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> A couple years ago in Florida, a 14-year-old was locked out of the house playing basketball in his backyard, and CPS got called, and they were investigating. And just insane stuff, right? Just for what? I didn't see that one. Give me details on that. So the kid's he, locked out of his house. He was locked out of his house. It was the afternoon. I can't tell you how many times I was locked out of my house as a kid. Okay. Just coming home there's from so school, many failures. forgetting your key. Yeah, there's failures there. Okay, first of all, how long was he locked out of his house? A couple of Maybe. Okay, that's a fail on his part. You don't know how to break in your own damn house. Right. <laughs> I knew a hundred ways to break well, into and my. And if it's a nice day outside <clears throat> and you're just shooting basketball in the backyard in your own backyard, I you're got locked 14. out of my house every day, usually intentionally by my folks. I mean, I could break in so many different ways. Uh -huh. That's how I learned how to break in places. I mean, that's what you do. It's you're learning. It's a learning a trade. Places, not places. just your home. Places. Those records are sealed. Just yeah. know that I have some skills. You have a lot of sealed records do, from your youth. Moonlight's is a cat burglar. Right. And that, so that's the first thing. Dude, you got to be able to get in your own house, even if you I lose totally your key. Agree. Figure it out somehow. Yep. Number two, um, yeah, if you're not and you're just hanging out outside, who the hell cares? And right. who's calling Child Protective Services? The neighbors. At 14? We're really concerned about the 14-year-old Oh, my golly. I mean, at, basketball. I was going at home, at coming home, getting off the bus by myself for an hour in second grade yeah an hour or so before my siblings got home yeah we were uh, my sister and i had the chicken pox when we were in third and fourth grade we were home all week from school by ourselves yeah exactly because my folks had to work they yeah. had factory jobs you don't work you don't get paid we wouldn't have right. had a house right so you, you just gotta, deal i tell my kids that wow. all the time i say you know oh i had to do everything i hope my parents aren't watching this what's now, a good but. age to start <laughs> leaving your kid home alone it depends on the kid Totally agree with that. It's absolutely the kid. I think there are some ages where it's probably, I mean, for extended periods of time, under eight is going to be pretty rough. Like I said, it, uh, what is that, eight when I was in second grade? I would not do eight. Um, I, but it was for an hour. It was like an hour. Right. I got off the bus. My siblings were home an hour later. 
So, and there were certain things, you know, I knew I wasn't allowed to do and whatever. Definitely I cook, 12. Stuff like this. So my two-year-old, I shouldn't leave her alone. No. Not for extended. Okay. I mean, like 20 minutes at a time and you're sure. just getting high. Sure. Okay. I mean, that's this fine. This sounds like a total you know, dad something like answer. That. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're just running down to the store for crack, you know, there's, you know, it's something like that. It's fine. I leave like a bowl of Cheerios out. She'll be fine. Yeah. Right? yeah. No. Um, Joking. Yeah, I would say by 12, if your kid can't stay home a few hours by themselves, You've what the got, hell have you done? Exactly. I mean, you, you have failed You've as a parent, assuming the kid is a normal kid. Overmanaged that child. Absolutely. Life. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just kind of in there and for how long and what responsibilities and what they can do. Right. I mean, when I started leaving my kids for, you know, when I'd run to a store or something, I mean, my oldest is now 14, so, um, so she, and she babysits, so that's fine. But uh, when I first started letting them stay home while I ran to the store, um, I'd say, okay, sit on the couch and just read. Mm -hmm. Don't, Don't get up from move. the couch. <laughs> Stay on the couch, and I'd come back, and all three are sitting there with their books. And Mom, the house was on fire. We just sat here. We just sat here while it was on fire. Yeah. Were, no, were there I, rules that they could get up if something happened? Well, yes, of course. Oh, okay. if, you know, but don't answer the door. Just pretend it. The doorbell didn't even ring. <laughs> Have the phone right next to you. Yeah. I was. I mean, it was semi overprotective. Cal's going to be so horrible about that. You are going to be what so overprotective. Because you're so overprotective. That's not a bad thing. I, you're have, just... a, I have a girl. That's She's what? two and a half. Are you a helicopter parent? I am not a helicopter parent, okay. no. No, no he's my, not that, but trust me, when it comes to safety and security, Cal is going to be the worst. I'm just observant. Observant? observant? <laughs> what yeah. does that mean? I just I want to make sure that she's you know safe. And, and what does your observing lead to? You know, make sure she doesn't crack her head open when she's trying to climb like the the. Okay, the, that's the responsible parenting. That's fine. Like that. Yeah. My, for some reason, my, I don't know if all kid, my kid does not sit still, at all. Yeah. At all, even while watching like a show or a movie, she's jumping up and down and, yeah. and on the that's couch and on the thing, that's and then back normal. around again, and then I'm like, just sit down and watch the. Sh you wanted to watch the show, just sit still. She is watching it. She's, she's got to run it. and tap and jump. Yeah. She's, have you seen him watch upside down while laying off the edge oh, of the yeah. couch? Oh, yeah. Like she'll, yeah. She'll be like half, uh, half yeah. on the couch, half off the couch, climbing over the, the couch mm -hmm. and then climbing on the top of the couch. And she sounds like a very healthy, normal kid. Uh, drives me crazy. You should be glad. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> can you imagine her when she's eight? She's at home alone while you run down to the store? Oh, God, I, don't even, I can't even imagine, no. <laughs> that's what not I'm saying. That's, that's no. why I not say you are, it's going to be horrible. She's not going to date. There will oh, be no, none. she won't date. She's going to the convent. We agreed about this, right? <laughs> We're going to talk about this. I'm That's telling good. you, when she turns 18, I'm knocking at your door and going, Hello, Mr. Cal, is your daughter at home? No. And that's when I open up with a, a 45 and a shovel. I say, Wow, with the shovel, with too. The shovel. That's good. You're a very prepared gentleman. I've got yeah. a very, very badly maintained backyard. I don't think anybody will notice Cal if there's something. You don't have to bury, just chuck them bury, out there, yeah. chuck the people out there. Um, and then Cal's got another baby on the way, too, which is also a girl. So this God is. You're going to be like. God help me. Gray or bald you know, or I'm, something. I know like... we're joking about this, but I seriously, this keeps me up at night thinking Having about. Having girls? Them just adolescence and like puberty and boys coming over and all what about that? that? What about what about the uh, the the security at your house? I mean, I mean, I'm at my house. No, but uh, pretty... Elizabeth Smart sleeping in bed, yeah. window opens up, girl gone. I mean, I think about stuff like that as a parent. And the funny thing is, there was a guy who wrote a book. It might be um, you have nothing to fear. Something with fear in the title is about uh, six, seven, eight years ago. And the whole premise of the book is all this stuff you're worrying about, you shouldn't be worrying about. Right. And the stuff you're not worrying about, you should be worrying. worried about. So uh, not so much anymore. It's still out there about kids being uh, targeted online mm -hmm. by predators. 
And uh, 10 years ago, it was like the thing, right? right? Everything, your kids, if your kids even look at a computer, somebody's going to come through the computer yeah, and steal them. Absolutely. And then rape them and throw them on the side of the road for dead. I mean, this was, a, and there, he's like, by percentage, it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And the ones it does happen to, usually people who are parents who are not responsible, their kids are from homes um, that are troubled anyways, and they have no supervision. He's like, he gives all the stats. You don't have to worry about that. Meanwhile, all the stuff you're not worrying about, like your kids praying properly buckled in the car. Right. Statistics of your kids getting hit, hurt in the car, off the chart. Right. <laughs> or, or all of these other safety issues. So as a parent, yeah, I look at it and I'm like, okay, are the windows locked? Are there, do we have the alarm on? All these yep. different things. We didn't even lock the doors when I was a kid. We locked our doors. Yeah, we did. We and you were in Nebraska? Yes, but my dad was a police officer. And, okay. and I lived, when I was a little kid, like three or four, there was a mass murder next door. Hmm. Um, five people died, so. Wait, next door? That. Like the house next, next door. door? I remember the policemen <laughs> five walking, people. and my mom was making coffee for them, and five Here people. you go, five people died. Here you go. And was it coffee. someone, Sanka. like, what was, yeah. did, can you tell us the circumstances? What, is it a robbery? Um, or? No, a, uh, a young lady um, hmm. had gone on a couple of dates with a man, and kind of creeped out by him, and he turned out to be kind of creepy indeed. And So she had a um, pretty he, good radar detector. He killed her, two of her friends, called her boyfriend and said, you need to come over here, and killed him and then killed himself. Oh, that sounds reasonable. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, okay, I get it. So then. we locked our doors. <laughs> okay. See, see, <laughs> we moved the boyfriend. from that house, I'm, but I'm, we I'm on the tracks. It was the boyfriend. Okay, I see. The creepy boyfriend. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but I mean, you worry about it, and it's like, even the mass murder, even the shootings, the people that melt yeah. down about... Um, Columbine type or Sandy Hook, those really don't happen by percentage. percentage yeah. they, it, it's not something you have to rare. be worried about. I mean, be smart, of course, prepare, yep. sure. Nothing wrong with that. Protect your family, have guns, lock your doors. That's all yep. smart, sure, why not? But that's not the biggest concern. Auto accidents, right. far bigger concern. Yeah. Certain diseases, far bigger concern. These are the things you need to worry about. Yet, as a parent, you're like, eh. Is it, is it because an auto accident doesn't seem as scary? I guess uh, you know what I mean? The, the, the mass murderer is the, the that movie. That sounds yeah. really, yeah. well, it is scary. Or I the mean, rapist or somebody. I mean, just the whole thing that somebody would take your kids and whatever right. is a more significant story than just, oh, they got in a car accident and you're dead. I guess also it's not reported as much. I mean, people die in car accidents every day. You don't hear about every <laughs> single one. But when there's like a crazy, horrible rape story right. or murder story, you hear about that. And it's much more, like you said, I think more Hollywood. Jarring. You know, number one, number one cause of deaths around uh, is slipping and falling. I mean, slips and falls count for more deaths in America than guns. But we don't say, hey, we got to mandate those little flowery, sticky things at the bottom of your tubs and stuff, right? <laughs> We're not doing that. Non-stick, the slick surface is all over. Tile, linoleum, gone. What? It was linoleum, linoleum, gone. Got to get rid of that. <laughs> linoleum, got to get rid of that stuff. It's all banned. We don't do that. And yet, slips are responsible for more deaths. That's why I don't let my kids shower. Oh, good. I'm just kidding. I do. <laughs> It's all sponge bass. Yeah. That's the wave of the future. All right, we're going to take a quick break in, come back with more on the Pat and Stew program.
Head south of the border with some interesting happenings and going-ons in uh, Central and South America, all the way down uh, through the Caribbean as well. Interesting happenings and going-ons. First of all, to Venezuela, the socialist paradise, and by that I mean the hellhole that it has become. The people of Venezuela are, oh man, are they in horrible, horrible situations right now. They are starving. In, in mass, they've tracked the weight loss that the people of Venezuela have been going through because they have no food. They're, they're mass starvations in oh. Venezuela. They, it's, it's horrible. Oh my gosh. The Venezuelan government has taken control of most of the big companies there. They ha and, and most of them are failing. Something like 75-80% of them are outright failing. I mean, going belly up completely after they nationalize them. And now, uh, in the middle of all of the struggles, United Airlines has said they are no longer flying to Venezuela. They are bailing. Do you blame them? Nope. Some people are a little frustrated. Are yeah, well, but I mean, a lot of people are frustrated. So even if they had a lot of um, ticket sales, great demand for it, mm -hmm. as the president of a company that flies there, I would have to consider shutting that route down. Because at any moment, the Venezuelan government can say, oh, yeah, that plane that's on the ground here, that's ours now. We're, mm -hmm. we're national. That's what they did with um, car manufacturers, U.S. car manufacturers and other companies that have all of the tools and supplies and factories. They just said, yeah, we're nationalizing. It's ours, it's ours now. Mm -hmm. And what's the company going to do? Nothing. So if you lose one plane as an airline, that is a massive financial burden. Millions of dollars right off because you've got to replace that plane, too. Mm -hmm. So imagine if they have two, three planes on the ground and what other services that they provide and other equipment. It could be a, a $40 million loss like that for United Airlines. I would have, I'm shocked they haven't done it already. I, I would have completely bailed. Even, even if you said, we've got three planes a day full of people, we're flying back and forth and making money. Are you prepared at any moment for that to be a $40, 50000000 million loss? No. Makes sense. Not at all. Not to mention the safety aspect of your uh, crew, that's what I was thinking. your employees, How many people American are citizens. risking disease, life, limb? Right. I mean, this is, this is serious, but this is what's going on in Venezuela. How much are you hearing about it? I, Zero. Not. Right. I mean, amazing. Just for the humanitarian angle. Right. Where's the left saying the people of Venezuela are starving? We've got to do something. Well, where's anyone saying? I have not heard that but, I mean, from anywhere. You understand the left is not going to tell you about the socialist failure. No, right? In fact, not. they right. sided with, with uh, Chavez forever. Right. And now this new guy who's gotten it even worse, um, they side with him and it's great. Oh, it's failing? Pay no attention to that socialist failure behind the curtain. It's just a fluke. It's a right. fluke. Would you go, okay, fine. But you, the bleeding hearts that say the government's got to be involved, where's Bernie Sanders? Where's anybody else in the government in from the left saying, yeah, in one of his <laughs> homes, saying, by the way, we need more money and supplies to go to Venezuela to help those people. And that's now, I wouldn't necessarily support it. I'm just saying, where are they when they drive that angle so many other times? You told me that um, Venezuela has more oil in the ground mm -hmm. than the entire Middle East. It does. So by all intents and purposes, they should be loaded. They should yeah, be Venezuela is the Saudi Arabia wealthy. of oil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's, they really are. Venezuela is flush with oil. They have, like, you can't even understand how much oil they have. They bathe in it. And here's the thing. They are 
uh, not able to drill the oil. They're not able to transport the oil they drill to the refineries. They're not able to refine the oil. They're not able, if they could refine it, to transport the gasoline to the gas stations. They are unable to do that every step of the way as a failure because the government got involved and nationalized it. And then, of course, Sitco is the government's uh, oil company anyway. They're not able to do it. So there was this plan that just came out. It was a secretive plan that Venezuela entered into with Russia and Syria. And Venezuela was going to buy Syrian oil illegally. It's, there's a ban on it right now, UN ban on Syrian oil. They were going to buy Syrian oil and have the Russians uh, buy it under a shell company. They were going to go through Russia. Russia was going to make it look like they were buying it under a shell company, right? The oil would then get transported to, was it a, Aruba, uh, I think? I was going to say Aruba. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Somewhere, I think it was Aruba, where there's a refinery. All done in secret. And then Venezuela would take it after refined and sell the gasoline to America, other countries, probably keeping some for themselves. The country that has all of that oil and refineries was going to do this entire illegal scheme because it was still easier wow. than fixing their broken system. Okay, this is totally off point. No, no, it's... Yeah. No, 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 this is really, really off point. But anytime you hear the word Aruba, don't you automatically start singing the Kokomo song no, in your no, head? No, no, I don't. <laughs> is that just me? No, I think of Tropical. Sometimes. All right, well. How about Kokomo? If I say I, that, would you start thinking Kokomo song? Yeah, but... Okay. How about Pina Coladas? Do you sing the Pina Colada now song? Now I've got the Pina Colada song in like my head. Pina Coladas? Mm -hmm. Dancing yeah. in the Rain? Getting Caught in the Rain. Not dancing, dancing in the Rain. Caught? Getting oh, Caught sorry. in the Rain. Sorry. And? Cal. And? Um, hold on. Such a fail. <laughs> this is such she a fail. She the first uh, two uh, words. Uh, <laughs> making, making, uh, making Love at Midnight? Is that right? Yes, Pastor, oh, I think that's it. Hey, no helping her in the studio. You can't help her with this. <laughs> By the way, since you took us off the path I'm here about sorry. that song, do you realize what a failure that song is? Yes. Do you want an outrageous, the Pina Colada song? Yes, it's horrible. Where he puts an ad in the paper. They're both wanting to cheat on they're each They're both other? cheating. And then when they find out, <laughs> oh my goodness, they're like this. You? Oh, it's you. That's so In fact, sweet. I think that's the quote from the song. Yeah. Oh, it's you. Yes. Well, I never knew that you liked Pina Colada. Yes. Okay, so you didn't know anything can, about can each other. Can we back up and talk about some trust issues we have in a marriage? <laughs> <I'm all right. laughs> you didn't know anything about each other. Yeah. You decide to cheat, and then you're like, you know, perhaps we should have learned things about each other. Oh. We wouldn't have cheated. And then they're both like, well, we were both going to cheat, so it's cool. All right, let's go get I feel it. Like I don't think it has the same ring when you say, if you like cheating on your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound as, you know. Hooking fun. up at the hotel. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I feel like... Um, that actually, if it were real life, would have played out many different ways. Uh, I don't think the response yeah. would have been, oh, you were cheating oh, too. Oh, that's crazy. No, no. In real life, what would have happened, they both would have been ticked off that the other one was cheating. How dare you? You like cheat. Yes, but your cheat, other people. your cheat was worse than my cheat. How? Because, <laughs> because you, you put the ad in first. I put it in second. <laughs> I was only responding to your attractive ad. I thought it was you. That's why I And responded. if it wasn't for your, your mom that's always, you know, over here, oh, yeah, if you weren't leaving the towel on the ground, I wouldn't be wanting to cheat. It would have been like that. Wow. Yeah. All right, back to our Latin America angle here. Okay. The Charlotte yeah. Observer says that retirees are flocking to Latin America to live an upper-class life, upper lifestyle on about $1,500 a month. This is a really interesting story. And this is not a new phenomenon. Mm -mm. People in America have been buying, and you've probably seen even some of the home shows where people like I buy stuff those. in other countries. Yes. 
where they uh, buy in Belize. House Hunters How, International. Yeah. We're, but now some of those are they're buying because like they're getting transferred. Like, hey, I just yes. my job transferred me to you Botswana. Know what? Almost every single one in South America or Mexico are we want to uh, move here. Exactly, expatriates, yeah. expats. Yep. Expats. And it's um, Americans are saying, listen, it's really expensive to live in America. Yeah. And for the same amount of money, I can get a bigger bang for my buck. Living on the beach. I mean, there are there are <laughs> failures with it too. I mean, you don't have American security, you don't have these freedoms, whatever. But you get to be 65, 70, and you're like, I'm retiring, mm -hmm. and I have whatever your nest egg is. I built up $80,000 in my house. We can sell that, buy another one for cheaper. I'll have a little extra money. I get Social Security yep. or retirement, whatever it is. And you can say, I can live a much better lifestyle, but I have to be in a foreign country. And these safety, security, protections, freedoms yep. do not come with it. Are you willing to give those up at that age? Me personally? Would you do it? <clears throat> You know what? I might be tempted to because that sounds like a fun adventure. I can tell you right now. Your husband is not. My husband He will, will not. not. He will not do it. No. He absolutely will not. There's no way. The lifestyle oh, could. Oh, so you've met him? I've met him. I know him well. <laughs> and I could tell. I mean, it, it, the lifestyle could be like, you don't understand. You're literally treated like a king. Right. People bow to you. Yeah. you you'll have a hundred servants. Yeah. You'll have a room full of gold. They will wait on you. They will bathe. They will do all of this stuff. But you have to be pick a place, and he'll absolutely not. No. He was all right. Done. <laughs> I mean, I've done it. It's, uh, it makes you appreciate home a lot more. Cal yeah. lived yeah. in. Um, I lived in Dubai for uh, a little over a year. You worked on the radio there. I worked on the radio there um, for Virgin Radio, <laughs> and the first thing they did when I got there is sat me down. Okay, you can't talk about the royal family. You can't talk about the government. You can't talk about this. You can't talk about that. Basically, like cutting. Basically, so like <laughs> nothing that we talked about today. Nothing we talked about today. Yeah, <laughs> and you realize also, you know, getting in. I mean, I didn't get in trouble with the law, but getting in trouble with the law. I would always hear about how you know it's a very modest Islamic country, so stupid people get caught like having sex on the beach and crazy stuff like that, and they'd put them in prison, and these people now are in prison in a foreign country, and you just don't realize the liberties and the freedoms that you have. <laughs> right. Here. To have sex on the beach and to, only get a ticket. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's, right? To be that's a complete, the, you know, um, immodest, you know. Yeah, uh, I don't recall the Jersey Shore cast going to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall Or that. even just like, for example, I'd be walking with a friend, a female friend at the mall, and um, she'd have like, you know, uh, like a tank top on and security would come over and hand her a little pamphlet and that pamphlet would be describing what modest, you know, dress would be like. You can't wow. walk around dressed like this, you know, and it wasn't like you have to wear a burqa, but, sh you know, things like, Cover your you know, arms, shoulders. Right. yeah, certain things that, you know, things Very that they take for granted, just being able to go out the door and dress or even like Boy, another friend of mine was walking yeah. with his wife, he's holding her hand. Again, a guy came up to him and said, you can't do that. And oh, wow, no hand. holding hands, even if married. Well, uh, in, in public, you have to just show a bit more modesty. and, and That's you know. interesting. Wow. So just certain things you just take for granted when you live in, in, in a country that, you know, you have ultimate freedoms. I guess we're not looking forward to that Kardashians Dubai. <laughs> do Dubai. That's probably not going to work so well. Real Housewives of Dubai. <laughs> Dubai. Very boring <laughs> show. Very boring show. So uh, I got to believe the uh, uh, Dubai Gap loves it when people get handed the pamphlet because you have to run in and buy something right well, away. There is no Gap. It's just Louis Vuitton and, you know, Cartier. and uh, Oh, it's all oh that upscale. Yeah, that's uh, the janitors drive Ferraris out there. Meanwhile, so, I mean, wow. I'm, like, so you saving, must have made. I'm pinching. I've got a, like a 98 Toyota Tercel <laughs> driving down the highway just shaving, saving every penny. Well, was... how come you didn't make that much money? Yeah. Who What's says... wrong with you? I'm not at liberty to discuss the finances. Uh, 
Oh, so you did. But, I mean, you weren't driving a Ferrari there, though. I was not driving a Ferrari. Were I was you being tempted, smart about it. Were you tempted to... Uh, I got tax-free. It was tax-free, 100%. Uh, oh, really? Uh, wow. But I lived there for a period of time. I think you, if you live, uh, yeah, I think a, 11 months of the year, you have to spend outside of the U.S. to be considered not taxable income. Mm-hmm. So, so, but I mean... Did I mean you didn't get paid as much as like the janitors? Is that because they were local? I don't know if the janitors got paid, but um, I'm guessing a lot. I mean, were you tempted to go and work for? I worked for a media company, a very big media company, so I, I made a good salary. But it was really good. It was like Dubai money. What's Dubai money? You tell me. It's, I mean, you're making Where it sound you like can there's shop a lot of. in Dubai? Would, <laughs> did you make more there than you would have made comparably in America to a comparable position in America? Uh, it was a very good salary, comparable to even American. I feel American like this standard. is like I think he's being, being very like evasive. About I know this, this is. I'm talking about what you don't. It's rude to ask people about their finances. I wasn't asking you he's specific. Asking I was asking you comparable to an American salary. It was above average. It was above average. Okay. Yes. Ten percent above average. <laughs> What's twenty percent? Forty grand? Double? I don't know. I mean, I mean, just say for what you generally would expect, you know. And I'm giving you a wide range there. I mean, you weren't like. Oh crap, to your buddy. You don't understand. I'm I wasn't making like, like triple you know, what I was making. Gold plated toilets or anything like that, you know. It was a good salary. It was, and I worked hard for it, very hard for it, and I saved every penny I could. <laughs> this is very defensive. Yeah. Well, I'm you're not coming saying at me you like, didn't uh, make money. I'm not, I think. Uh, okay, let's start over. Cal, I believe you worked incredibly hard for whatever here. salary they paid you because I know what a hard worker you are. If you were talking to your buddies without giving like the salary away, would you have said to them at the time, you guys are not going to believe how much money I make? It's. Wow, do they I pay would, Even if I was making a, a boat ton of money, I would never say, guys, you'd not believe how much money I'm making right now. I would just say it was a good salary, above <laughs> average. <laughs> it was, it was well, well received. Wow, okay. This I'm a is, modest guy. I don't know if you know this. I know it's not about modesty. I'm trying to say if we want to we'll go working there's plenty of opportunities. That's another thing. Like, there's plenty of opportunities for Westerners to make good money right. abroad and everywhere. Like, and not how just, much? Men and women? Men Not and just women. broads? Oh, yeah. right. Not just broads? <laughs> Not just broads. Okay, good. Dudes, too. Okay, dudes, dudes too. Dudes and broads. So, um, I mean, like, would I be a candidate to go work in Dubai? Yeah, absolutely. You think I would make a pretty experience? good coin? Yes, absolutely. And, and the, you know, my content and style of radio, you think that would be... I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, would do, I don't be think locked you'd be able to the, talk about anything. I wouldn't. I'd be locked up in 14 minutes. Well, you'd have to just, you know, you have to learn to be, tweak what you say in a certain way. Tweak? Well, he'd have to tweak his entire, entire personality. Sh- I know, exactly. I'd tweak everything. <laughs> you just couldn't, you know. Just my entire morning person. show is either telling inappropriate uh, bodily just, function jokes that's or, fine. It's just or, you can't or going really, off on political people. Well, that part you got to be a little, you can't be like, so the king, huh? What a D-bag. You know, you can't, you can't do okay, that. Okay, because that's where I'd be that, going no, to. No, I mean, just be is the king a Cool dude? Is he pretty libertarian? Uh, not really. No. Okay, then I'm going off on him. I'm calling king, him a D-bag. I don't think you're that's libertarian. What <laughs> that's what I'm like. Kings don't even go you know, libertarian. Take it back. You probably couldn't. Work no, because okay, you like, also wow. couldn't even like, for example, the traffic in Dubai is horrible, and you couldn't even say, "Man, I got stuck on the roads." Yeah, the traffic what? around here sucks. You can't. You can't. Say you that. can't even talk about the traffic. No, and no religious jokes either. You can't make any kind of Christian jokes. Can you make Christian jokes? Just jokes in general about religion are. are... You have to be very serious there. No, well, I did a top 40 show. It was lots of So like, these two Muslims are stuck in traffic today because it's horrible. And the king walks in. Right? 
That's going to be bad. <laughs> I'd be crafting jokes to offend as many people as possible. Uh, yes, uh, your, I heard about this uh, Doc Thompson guy the on the radio. Bring him to me, please. Vlog, vlog. <laughs> bring him to vlog him immediately. All right, if you would, please, uh, please follow us on Twitter. It's at Doc Thompson Show, at the Blaze Carry, at Cal79. That's K Cal with the K. And uh, please join our discussion. We're going to get a quick break. Come back with spoons. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Spoons. All right, what do we have for spoons here? A couple of chocolate. chocolate. Did chocolate really be that different? I feel like, okay. Dark chocolate with green tea filling. Mm. I, that might be good. I love right. dark chocolate. That might be good. Chocolate, and this I is made in Oakland, California. Ooh, Oakland. I don't know. It's a little rough there. All right, you ready? Yeah. Here, take yeah, one. Cal you. can't oh, have any. Oh, I see any. the green tea. I'm just going to smell it. It's a bit it. of a failure. Mm-hmm. So it's green tea. Green tea's funky for me. Like, I like actual green tea, but green tea, when they do it as a flavoring or in stuff, is usually a little rough. Um, Uh-oh, that's not good. I can't tell. The green tea, it, it, it kind of throws it a little bit for me. Mm-mm. Not good. I love dark chocolate, but... This would be really good without the green tea. I'm thinking <laughs> that's true. Green tea is a little funky. All right. I don't know. It smells really good. Well, it's strong green tea flavor. If yeah. you like green tea flavor, it's, you're going to you know love it. It's, it. It almost makes it too sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, they have it sugared. It's, it's like just sugared. kind of bizarre. I'll I give would it, give this... Oh, go what ahead. What do you give it? One to 18. Honestly, I'd give it like a four or five. Wow. Wow. I give it a nine. I'd give it right in the middle. I love dark chocolate. And when dark chocolate is done right, nothing can be How do you it. pronounce that? Bacon, bacon luscious. luscious. Luscious? Is luscious. it supposed to be bacon luscious? I think it's bacon luscious. Bacon luscious? We've had a debate. So does it have bacon? L-U-X-I-O-U-S. All right. This is milk chocolate, which already has a downer what are you doing? for me. What? I'm taking a square at a time. <laughs> I gave her a whole bunch. Mm. I like the texture. Mm. With the bacon, it's kind of crunchy. It's not real bacon. Oh, no, there's a bacon. You um, know what? I think the the bacony. Yeah, I'm not a thing. huge bacon. Not bad. Fanatic. No. Oh, I've got like the aftertaste mm -hmm. of the smokyish. Okay, I'll give it to him. Not, not an eighteen. Bad. Not an eighteen. I'll give it a not fourteen. Not an eighteen. I would say this is better, but I I still think it would be better dark chocolate. I only give bacon? it a fourteen. A fourteen point three. I'll give it a. Hmm. Oh, well. Oh, maybe a ten. Mm, very high. That's not very good at all. Out of eighteen, it's more. Try them together. Try them together. Green tea and bacon. Yeah, try them together. Okay, the chocolate with the green tea, meh, the bacon, a little bit better. Yeah. A little bit. Carrie, not a big I, fan not of Not a huge one. fan. All right. No. Uh, coming up now, a clip of the Glenn Beck program with The Vault. What's Glenn doing today? Uh, he and David Barton are talking about lessons that should have been learned in America history. <laughs> so, David, where do, we, where do we start? If we want to learn... Well, you, you did a little tease about mm. the difference between us and Europe. Yeah. And there, there's something fairly fundamental. And because I just came back from Poland, I brought some stuff from Europe okay. that, that works real well. Let me just start with some things. We just got in M1. Uh, Matt over here helps curate what we get in M1, et cetera. For, yep. And so Tim, of course, does history with us. Um, this is a Bible from 1794. Well, and by the way, 
I have the gloves out here. We don't use the gloves. Not on paper. Uh, not on paper. Um, you know, you, real paper delicate. Paper is different, especially, and you can feel it. You know the difference yeah. from anything prior to about 1870. It has a lot of cotton in it. It's like a dollar, and it has a lot of... It's, it, it's it a has, lot of fiber content. Yeah, a lot of fiber content. And the older it gets, the more... And more preserved. This is, yeah, this is this is vellum. This is, so this is... Animal skin. Animal skin. That'll be there. Um, but after about 1870, you definitely don't want to wear Acid gloves stuff. because it, it's it brittle and you'll touch it and you won't have the feeling. We're going to look at some World War II stuff here in a little bit and even the, the 1942 newspapers. Oh, if you, all if you pick dust. it, it'll, it'll go to dust. Yeah. So on this, what makes this significant is right here. This is the first and only Bible in the United States to have the great seal of the United States printed in the Bible. Oh, wow. And Appointed so to be seal. read in churches. Translated out of the former translations, diligently com uh, compared and revised to the original Greek, appointed to be read in churches, printed at Boston, with the American seal on it. And that's boy, that is that's that's 1700s. Well, that, that seal, seal was done in 1782. Yeah. Two guys did that seal: Charles Thompson, Secretary of Congress, and the other guy. Because that's the original etching seal. That's, that's the original. On the, that's on the medal over there for George right. Washington too. And the other one is this guy right here. This is Francis Hopkinson. And Francis is the guy who drew it. He, he, he designed This is the guy? That's the guy. He designed the American flag. He designed the seal for the Treasury Department. Oh, Betsy Ross Oh, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was this guy? That guy. Francis. Huh. And he's also the guy who did this book here. This is America's first purely American hymn book. Oh, first yeah. time we have music. And that's from the guy who did this piece here. And by the way, we have written documents from nearly every one of these guys. Salt and that's David. Francis, that's a, carry that in your billfold. That's your money from the, the American Revolution. That's federal money or national money. It's Continental Congress money. Which was worthless. Which, not worth the Continental. Yeah, it came was from. worthless. Jefferson lost 97.5% of the money. He invested it at the start of the Revolution. When he tried to redeem it afterwards, it was, it was worth 2.5% of what he put in initially. So it cost him huge. So Francis Hopkinson, but that Bible, now, the thing that's interesting about America is we, we wanted Bibles for everybody. No matter what you did, no matter where you went, we wanted everybody having a Bible and reading it, appointed to be read in the churches. Um, this one, if you can read on the outside of that, can you read what that says? Yes, presented by Russell Majors and Waddell. 1859. Why do I know those names? Waddell. Um, there's a movie about them. Majors and Waddell. They're the guys who did the Pony Express. <sighs> so that's a Pony Express Bible. This is, this is new, is it not? That's new. Th these are all new. These are all new things. Wow. That come in. So this is all. These new. are really rare. They're yeah. really the, the Pony Express Museum. Tim, how many? No, I think there's 224 names listed of individuals they know that rode for the Pony Express. And of those, you have Buffalo Bill, who rode for the Pony Express. We've talked about Bronco Charlie here in the vault yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Wild, Bill, Wild Hickok. Bill Hickok, another the, guy that rode. Out of 224, there's a 1% chance you're holding the Bible of Buffalo Bill or Wild Bill Hickok because it would have wow. gone to one, one of those 224 guys. This is in really good shape. Probably Wild Bill because it's in such good shape. Yeah, probably, <laughs> <laughs> never been opened. That's right. <laughs> didn't get used. Yeah. Wow. So these are 
these are all, I mean, this is, the, we wanted those 224 kids to have one. Okay, we, so. We wanted everybody to have them read the Bible. So the way things are being taught now, or the way people believe now, is we did this um, because we were either old-timey, and we just didn't know science, so we didn't know true. Right. Um, or because this is just the way everybody learned. Everybody had one book, and you learned from that one book, and this was that one book. Even if that was true, look at the difference between us and Europe. Look at right. the atrocities they had. That we did not have an inquisition. Now, we did have a witch trial right here. This is Samuel Sewell. This is a document from the witch trials. Um, and in the witch trials, 27 people lost their lives as a result. Time out. In Europe, they had witch trials. Same time, 500,000 people lost their lives in Europe. That is hard to believe. So 27 here, that's what all the books are going to talk about, is the 27 in the witch trials, not the 500,000 in Europe. People don't understand also. You know, people will come over from Europe or any place else in the world, and they will say, Americans are so trusting. They'll just mm -hmm. invite you into the house, and they're so trusting, they're so kind. The, the, it's almost inbred in them now. It, they don't even recognize it, but it is because... It's because of what's of, there. Yep. Of rounding people up over and over and yeah. over and yep. over and over again, where we don't have that in our heads. We broke away yep. from that. I, I fear we've had it, what, three times now. We did the Indians four times. We did blacks in a different scale. But then we did it with the Indians. Then we did it with the Germans and Italians in the First World War. And we did it with the Japanese. But when we got out of it, it's time because people went back to these principles. Correct. And, and that's what ended it instead of kept it. Because the witch trials in, in Europe went for decades. Correct. And here they went 18 months. And, and they went... How much of the witch trials? Because I've read a lot on the... Are you up on the witch trials? I mean, really up on it, David? I, I wouldn't say really up. I, I, I've read... I'm fairly familiar with it. I know you, you yeah, read a book I'm in really, detail about I, the one goofy judge that really took yeah, off. Yeah, and I'm yeah. not really sure what to believe about the witch mm -hmm. trials. Um... Whether it was really um, superstition and and real belief in witches, or if it was, it seems to be more of a settling of thought. scores. Hold that thought. I get to I get to show you another Bible. <coughs> okay. I got to get this all out of here and, and get it get it done right. You know what this is, Mary? No, I haven't let anybody and see this. When he got this, none of us have been allowed to even look at it yet. I know. I touched it. My daughter slapped my hand. Yeah. She's like, David said I'm not allowed to let anybody touch it. She's very literal. <laughs> we have not seen any of this yet. So, all right. It is. Let's get this out Holy Bible, right? Go ahead. This don't is, open it yet. Okay, this is beautiful. It's, it is beautiful. It's 1700s kind of a Bible. Yeah, and it doesn't, it has been repaired it's poorly had. here, but beautifully here. So at one point, this was owned by a poor family, but by the age of it and by the binding of it, this was not a poor man's Bible at first. It was not. And I've got to pull out the rest of the stuff here. All right, you can go ahead and open that Bible if you would. Lay it down flat and open it. I know what this is. I know what this is. Is this what I think it is, it David? Is, it oh is. my gosh, this is the greatest ever. Yeah. Now, all right, so now let, let this, me get it all set up. David, this is probably from the 1700s originally. Yeah. Right? Right. And then 
Uh, this is from the 18, is this, is this accurate here? 1829, oops, easy. I thought you easy took things boy. out. No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Anybody have any clue as to what this is? David and I have been they talking have about this forever. It. No. All right. This is the greatest. Now, no, but what, don't, don't, don't say. First Let's just notice, put the things out. Can, can you read the Bible? No. That, so you don't get any content out of this Bible. Correct. This is a problem with Europe. This, this is what happens with, with Bible in Europe. No. All right, guys. What, what do you got there? Pull it out. You have a rosary. You have crosses. <laughs> a stake? You have a stake. A wooden stake. A wooden stake. Two of them. But, and you've got holy water. Any idea what this might be? This is the greatest. <laughs> Do you have the history on it, David? No, I don't. Okay. This is important. We have to have somebody really look into this yeah. because... I, I know the general history of it, but I don't know this particular piece. Okay. I don't right. know this one at all. Well, the general history, too, is... Any idea? No idea whatsoever. Take a guess. I don't know. I'm just slavery. a little scared um, at this point. That's very yeah. slavery. No. This is a vampire-slaying kit. This is a vampire-killing kit. Okay, this is the greatest, David. I can't believe... I just wrote to David, what, a month and a half ago, I said, we have to find a vampire-slaying kit. Wow. Oh, David, I love it. <laughs> that, that's the difference between Europe and America. We, yeah. did, we read it, so we didn't have this stuff. They okay. didn't read it, and look what they get. Right. That's where the superstition stuff comes from. And, and so, yes, I believe that the superstition that was there in... Because what happened, the, the way they got out of, of the witch trials in, in, in America was this guy right here. This guy right here. John Wise, the Reverend John Wise, goes to Sewell. I know John Sewell. Wise. Yeah, he, he's the guy that, that went to three, three preachers, three Christian guys went to the judge and said, no, 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 look what the Bible says. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is, this is federal practice and procedure. This is the U.S. federal... There's about, I don't know, 50 volumes or however many there are. Look how much <laughs> of this federal practice and procedure is dedicated to how the Bible shaped our due process. This is why you don't have hearsay testimony. This is why you get to compel witnesses in your behalf. This is why you get to have attorneys. This is why you get to have trial. It's all Bible. It, it all came out of this Geneva Bible. This is the Pilgrim's Bible they brought over. And so this stuff leads That's to this way. stuff not the actual Pilgrim's Bible. Yeah, you have to be clear on this because we actually are trying to buy the, the actual Pilgrim's Bible. Yeah, so this is this one is of a, them. What, yeah, this is not one that was brought over well, this is. time. The, oh, it is? This is? Yeah, this is the Arthur Upton family who brought this over. <clears throat> and see, they got kids born in 1627, I, I, 1629, they were, they, were Puritan, they were Puritan families, They were right? Puritan families. So they didn't come over on the Mayflower. So not, yeah, the, it's the not Pilgrim's the Mayflower okay. Bible. Okay. But it's, it's one of those, those Puritan pilgrims. Puritan pilgrim Bibles. And, and so this is, is what leads to John Wise, who puts a stop to what's happening with the witch trials. So this, I mean, this is how everybody had the Bible in America. And when you get it, you put it into to trial, to atrocities like this. Okay, so now, let me play devil's advocate here on this. Because I've been, I've been reading about these kits. Yeah. Okay? Because... I have no life. Um, <laughs> how I got on new vampire kits, I have absolutely no idea. So I've been reading about these, and we're not sure, David, I hate to break it to you. Can you slide it over oh, this yeah. way? We're not sure if these kits um, were actual 
or not, okay? We're not sure. The story goes that, yes, this was an actual uh, vampire kit. This was made by the vampire slayers, and the priest would have them, etc., etc. But there's two storylines. One, that they really did have these beginning in the 17 or early 1800s mm -hmm. um, in um, Europe. The other story is, is that after um, uh, Stoker's Dracula, after Bram Stoker wrote mm -hmm. Dracula, that's where a lot of mm -hmm. this kind of was tied Same. in and became very popular. So at the same time in the late 1800s, within 80 years of each other, they believe that Americans, because we're capitalist, <laughs> Americans took old Bibles and said, I'm going to make a fortune on this. <laughs> and they sold them at the time, yeah. around the turn of the century, as old vampire kits. Yes. So we have to have somebody who well, can I, dig I, into I, I this and the, find out. The, the one I did not purchase yes. actually had the pistol and the silver bullets with it. You're kidding me. And I can tell you that what was in there was much earlier than anything in the 1800s. What was in that kit, I guarantee you, because I deal with that all the time. I guarantee you what was in there was real, real, real early. How much did that one cost? Uh, 4000 That's not that bad. It's not that bad. So, so this says 1829 here. Yeah, that's, that's and what... And it is Europe. You can tell it's Yeah, European. and that's what, that's what this is here. That's yeah. what they base it on. Now, the, the Bible is earlier than 1829. The Bible... Yeah, this uh, looks 1700s. That, that's a 1700s Bible. Yeah. That's a 1700s Bible. And it was shockingly... It, I mean, am I reading this wrong? This looks like an expensive, at the time. It is. Oh, it's a very, very expensive. expensive. It's a very expensive Bible. That, that Bible is an expensive Bible. I think it's, I think I recognize the 1794, 1796 Bible is, is what I think it is. But it, That's it amazing, be. David. So oh, I, I just, oh, this is, this is like Christmas. Well, see, <laughs> we got the vampire Bible in. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> It's weird. That's Christmas the superstition side of yeah. Europe versus the practical side of America, and it, it literally is. That's the difference right there. 